right about him. I'm always right. It's like when I'm right, I'm right. And when I'm wrong, I could have been right. So I'm still right because I could have been wrong. That makes sense. Come on. Are we back? You know what it is. Episode 31 in the house. Surprise, motherfuckers. I don't know why I did that. That's I'm not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> uh. All right. I mean, do we even let's go with our athletes, but there's going to be some breaking news uh, from tonight that I got an audio message about that. I'm sure we're going to delve into. So, yeah, Cam Newton. So 31. I can talk about that, too. Yeah, only there are only two athletes for me that encompass it, but I'm not going to cheat. I've been cheating the last few episodes. I'm only going to pick one. Hopefully you'll pick the other one, which you probably won't. But the 31 I'm going with is a starting member on the all clear team. The only non-mixed white person to ever win the dunk contest in NBA history, a part of arguably the greatest NBA family in NBA history. I gotta go with the man who remixed the warmups during All-Star Game participant swag. The one, the only, the legendary. Jersey should be retired with the Los Angeles Clippers. Brent Barry, starting member of the All Clear team. It's a good call. And if we want, I can give you what the starters, but that's, that might be a different conversation if we don't want to have. I, I, I'm hesitant to believe if that's the the angle you went down. I'm hesitant to believe that I'll pick the other one. Um, <laughs> I mean, I went with greatness, so you know it's possible. Mm-hmm. It's possible. Um, but yeah, Brent Perry is a good pick. He did bring back. It, it's it's interesting. I would never really thought about the alignment of the all clear team and the warm ups at All Star mm-hmm. Weekend. Has he ever <laughs> talked? It was there an inspiration drawn on that? Has I think it has to be. It? I think it had to be. I don't think that was an accident at all. Because like, I know Zilkerson I know when Paul Pierce up. did it in the three point contest, like that was certainly an homage. Yeah, a but bad like, one, but yeah. What? A bad one, but yeah, because Paul Pierce didn't win. So, you know, you got to win. If you no, I think that. he did win that one. He did not win. Is that the one that him and Ray were in? I don't think Paul Pierce ever won a three-point shootout. I thought he did. And it was like a weird – yeah, he did. He won a three-point shootout? 2010, yeah, it's when he wore the warm-up. Get the I'm fuck out of here. Dog. He really <laughs> yeah. won in 2010? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Because I, I want to okay. say it was him and Ray were in the same he must, one. He must have had. He must be the number one ugliest jump shot that ever won the, the three point shootout. No, no. You want to know who he beat? This makes it even funnier. He beat Chauncey Billups and Steph Curry. <laughs> Fake news. That was Steph Curry with bad ankles. I don't trust that. Steph. Oh, it was rookie Steph Curry. Yeah, that's that's Steph Curry with flimsy ankles. He yes. still had a Nike sponsorship at that point. I don't trust that Steph Curry. <laughs> you're right you're right he did <laughs> yeah no he had the warm-up on i remember okay and then he came in. out in the warm-up the next year um and it was him and ray were in it he did not win that one i don't think ray did either maybe i don't know maybe clay let's see probably like page or somebody no, james, <laughs> somebody james jones james jones but, but paul pierce made the finals in that one too James Jones did want to. I think he won more than one. Uh, I know he was like contending. Him and Jason Capone are pretty interchangeable to me. Yeah. Well, well, Paul Pierce should have done it because it was a Celtic thing. So I get that. But the fact that Brent Barry did it for the fucking Clippers, I don't think that was an accident. I yeah. think he was like, 
I got to That's crazy that like back to back finals though. Even even if he hadn't won, it's like that doesn't happen that often in three point contests. Mm, yeah, especially like, but it, it doesn't happen to the, yeah. but it doesn't happen to the Paul Pierce people. Mm. It happens to like the, the people that were like, oh, those are the best shooters in the world. No, nah, but I think we forgot. His is easy. No, but I think we forgot that back before the best shooters and the best dunkers were the best players. It wasn't this like niche thing that it was like, hey, listen, Steve Kerr won the three point shootout. Oh, Craig like, Hodges. I don't know that everyone. Craig Hodges was a beast, but Craig Hodges was he wasn't one of the best players in the league, but he was he was very well known to be playing important minutes in the NBA. So he wasn't like a Jason Capono. Like he wasn't like that. It was like a guy like Pedro wanted, I think, before. Like that was an important piece. Yeah. Like Dirk was in it a couple times. I think, did Drazen Petrovic win it or something? Like, Probably. It's, like it's just Dirk was, yeah. It's just like did Reggie like ever win? Players. Reggie contended in them. I know that. Um, I'm not sure if he ever pulled it out, but I remember watching him contend. Runner up in 95. Mm-hmm. Who did he lose to? 95, let me guess. Hold up. 90, Drazen Petrovic. I'm going to go Petrovic. That's what I was wondering. No. Glenn Rice. Ooh, I love Glenn Rice. Also has sex with Sarah Palin. Shout out to Glenn Rice. <laughs> <laughs> also, um, unless it's your person, is Reggie your other 31? Yeah, for sure. Okay. I'm, he's not mine. So. I know. I know he wasn't. That's why I was like, I wasn't going to mention it because. Different you know, sport. Different. I, got, I got a different sport. I went the baseball route. I thought you were going to go baseball. That's why I was like, I don't think you're going to do my yeah. other 31. I'm going for one of, one of, if not the greatest pitcher to ever live in my eyes. Okay. Um, we're 31 with two different teams. I wonder who this uh, could be. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm not picking John Lester. That's where you thought I was going because he did wear 31. But no, Greg Maddox. Don't, don't, don't disrespect. Yeah, come on, man. Don't disrespect 31 by throwing Lester in there. <laughs> Well, I, th- I thought you were saying that it was going to be a Red Sox or something. No, but like Greg Maddox is probably the greatest pitcher of all time that nobody says is the greatest pitcher of all time. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, we, we've, we've had some Maddox discussions, I think, already. But if you're a Phillies fan, they ruined my childhood. Like, yeah. I'll never forget one of my favorite Greg Maddox stories is pertains to Philadelphia sports fans is I was once at a Phillies game. And we were talking to this dude and he was like, yeah, it's my son. His, he was like four. He's like, my, his, his name is Maddox. I tell people it's after Tommy Maddox, but it's secretly after Greg Maddox. <laughs> Who wants to be named after Tommy Maddox? Well, no, it was just because he was like, I, I don't want to admit that I named him after the brave superstar pitcher. But it's just it's a family name. You only got, I think it's funny yeah. that we got to name people after people and, just, and they won't admit to it instead of just saying it's like a, like make up a different lie. It's a family name. There's plenty of Maddoxes in history. I mean, I can't. Oh, no, it's sorry. Not Tommy. Tommy Maddox was a quarterback. Mike Maddox. Yeah, that's why I was like, Maddox, the, was Mike Maddox the Philly? It sounds familiar, but Tommy Maddox is where I went to. I was like, why is he naming after Tommy Maddox? Yeah, Mike Maddox played for the Phillies. That, I think this is it. Yeah, Mike Maddox played for the Phillies and was a subpar pitcher from mm-hmm. the looks of it. Before yeah, we dive, I, I always think of Tommy Maddox for whatever reason. I don't know. That's why. what I went to. I went straight to Tommy Maddox. I was like, I mean, I think it's also because Tommy Maddox was a pop culture reference for like three years because of the XFL and then with the Steelers and then like randomly playing, I think, in Canada. I think he played in like all three major leagues in North America. That's nothing. Doug Flutie. Uh, come on. We're not talking about the greatest football player of all time. We're talking about Maddox. a guy who happened to have a run in pop history for like three years, pop culture. It's fair. 
All right, before we dive into this episode, I got to give you my all clear team starting five and, and six, man. And six, okay. man. It's only going to be basketball. I could have pulled from other sports, but. No, yeah, it's only basketball. It's only basketball. Only basketball. <clears throat> Should we just start at the three? The the captain? Or oh, no, no, we got, we, got, we got to start at the top. We got okay. to give the greatest clear of all time is due, even though everybody knows who it is, is Larry Legend. You know what I'm saying? Mr. Bird Joe. from French Lick. You know what I'm saying? Larry Joe Bird. And then. Number two for me. I mean, this is no no particular order except for the greatest Larry Bird. Next one that I that comes to my mind always goes Jason Williams, White Chocolate, Jay Will himself. Um, doesn't get the respect he deserves as being one of the most filthy point guards in NBA history. And it could be because he didn't put up a tremendous amount of points, but the kid got a ring. Um, somehow learned how to win with teams that probably shouldn't have won. Never really got the respect he deserved with playing with Randy Moss in high school. I just want to see what that team could have done against the greatest AAU teams of all time. So that's the second in charge. Then we talked about Brent Barry. You know, we don't got to go deeper into it, but come on, man. Like the Barry family, just legendary. We already talked about them before. Next one in the starting five. Starting five, we need a power forward. It's going to be the Red Mamba. Got to give it to the Red. Yep, got to give it to the Red Mamba. You know what I mean? That confidence he has is black man confidence. So he has to be on an all-clear team. Yeah. I mean, anyone that wants to come see him at a YMCA, he used to, that used Holla. to be like an annual event. Holla. And Holla. no one would score. Yep. Holla. <laughs> <laughs> That's my guy, Mr. Brian Scott Labrini. Hey, it, like, I, feel, I feel like it also makes him more all-clear for whatever reason, the fact that he went to USC. That is pretty clear. Like, he should have <laughs> went to, like, Stanford. Yeah. Like, the like, local nah. And then rounding out the, the the starting five for the all clear team, Sean Bradley, center slash power forward, fuck Sean Bradley, but RIP at the same time. Big country. No, no. The Dirk Nowitzki. Oh, okay, yeah. Dirk Nowitzki married an African woman, brought a, a a black barbecue plate to the arena that only had aluminum for you and was made out of styrofoam and did, was holding it like a black man, which was kind of droopy and kind of bendy, but he held it enough so that the goodness didn't fall out of it. Um, wore clothes that were far too big. Uh, somehow gets all of the respect in the world without ever trying too hard. Uh, he looks like he's always laboring, but can outshoot you and low key. Also should have been a sixer, and he played with one of the greatest African-Americans and Steve Nash. So he had, well, I was going to say, is Steve on the Steve make not, cut? Steve Nash, Steve Nash is pretty white. So He's two Canadian? Man, yeah, so six man, <laughs> six man on this all-clear team. John Barry. A man who never made the NBA. Jay Billis. But is one of the greatest basketball players in clear history. Grayson Boucher, the professor. My guy. Yeah, that's the I, clear team, baby. Is Jay Billis on that list just for the no. Jeezy quotes? No. no. You didn't no. make it? No. No Duke player will ever make the all clear team. Jay Will could have played for Duke and probably wouldn't be on all clear team. <laughs> they already yeah. have a Jay Will, and he's I, not even – I don't I, even look at him as can a you go? Can you play at any uh, college in North Carolina and be on the team? Be on an all clear team? Yeah. Like Tyler yeah. Hansbrough, no. No, Tyler Hansbrough is like pretty white. But like UNC is a real black program, like that's a real real black program. Yeah, but they they have no white players ever. That's why I'm saying if you played on that team, you have a chance. But <laughs> Tyler Hero's like super white. I think if you play for like NC State, because oh, yeah. like I mean Chris Paul played for Wake Forest. That's and, like reverse clear. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Him like, and Tim Duncan <laughs> reverse clear. <laughs> 
translucent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like what, what was uh, what was what was Bosch? Georgia Tech. Somewhere? Yeah, Georgia Tech and yeah. Steph Marbury. Yeah, it's just like hmm, that's not really. And then he went into theater. That may <laughs> even more so. Yeah, so I think that. You- All right, so who's your who's your coach? Is it Larry Bird? See, you know what? I was going to give him the the Bill Russell treatment, where he's going to be the player, everything, coach. and executive. I, I was going to do it, man, but I couldn't. I couldn't bring myself to, to doing something that Bill Russell already iconicized. So since this is the all clear team, ain't going to be no coach, man. You know what? Ain't going to be no coach. You're going to let you going to roll the ball out. Ain't going to be no practice. Bill Murray, no coach. Bill Murray would make a good all clear coach. You know what? I take that back. Bill Murray is going to be the all clear yeah. coach. Undefeated, never lost, never lost. I love that Bill Murray, the all clear coach. Yeah, he, I mean, it doesn't get talked about it nearly enough, but he's the most successful basketball player in Space Jam. Hmm. Let me think about that. Find another player that lost or that hasn't lost undefeated. I mean, technically Lola Rabbit hasn't lost either. I'm just saying, if we talk about never lost, <laughs> Lola Bunny is out here. I, I, okay. Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> All right. And human who, basketball player. Who was the who was the number one pick every time? Yo, where's Lola? At? Like, word. <laughs> I'm I'm still disappointed in that movie, the second one. But I don't know. I wasn't really disappointed. I didn't expect much. I'll tell you, my niece and nephew loved it. So I guess it, I guess it don't matter what we thought. It's generational. I, I I think everyone from our generation went in hoping that it would live up to what we grew up on and it was never going to do that. I went in hating. I ain't going to lie. Like, I don't, I don't hate on a lot of stuff. I went in hating. So like when I turned yeah. around, I, was like, I watched it in my bed on my phone connected to one of my Bluetooth speakers. That was the first time I watched it. That's how much respect I showed. The that, that, that's like how much respect I act like I will show Brennan Schaub in mm-hmm. his special. And I still haven't done that. Dog, you promised this podcast that you were going to listen. Watch. It's, it's been, hey, I, you know what's been going on. It's been been a crazy uh, couple of weeks. No, I'm not trying to hear that. You could have put it on while you were driving for the 70 hours that you drove the last couple of weeks. That's Literally. Fair. That's fair. You, I, didn't I, have, I, you don't have to look at him. <laughs> you could just put it on. Yeah, but, you know, he talks about his appearance, you know. Isn't that his first line? Yes, 100%. So I kind of got to look at him. You watched the first 33 seconds and turned it off because I was here here with you. (laughs) Another time works. (laughs) Like 33 seconds. Like it was legit like 33 seconds. That's a good good number. Good good barometer. (laughs) So is the process dead now? New process has to start? Process process was never – process can't be dead because the process was over. Process has been over for a couple of years now. The process but is the window. Do you feel like the window is kind of closed? If, no, if ben no, not at all. And the reason why I say not at all is because to me, the process started to be over when it, the process was to have a championship contending team. We had a championship contending team with Jimmy Butler. We didn't have it the year after he left. And then we had one over the last two years, even though we underperformed. To me, that means the process has been a success because if you look at NBA history, there is 30 teams in the NBA Less than half of them have championships, I believe. So it was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've gone through the we've gone through the the history of the last oh, yeah the last years. thirty years of my yeah. existence. Literally, it was I think eleven teams or something crazy, something like, like that. And like three of those were one timers. And actually, it wasn't even eleven teams. I think it was like eleven coaches. I think that's what we did. It was like yeah, we did coaches. <laughs> so but Phil like, carried the weight on that one. Phil carried the weight heavy. Phil Phil was like this. I got us. <laughs> like, but 
But to me, the process can't be dead because we got a Hall of Fame player in Joel Embiid. Um, we got, even though, I mean, he's not playing like it, eventually Ben Simmons Kobe. will probably be a Hall of Fame player. We got relevance that we didn't have since Allen Iverson was around. If Kawhi Leonard didn't hit literally the most improbable NBA shot in history, arguably, we would have went to the finals. Even this year, if we if, if Ben actually played like Ben Simmons in a regular season, we would have beat the Hawks pretty handily. And I believe that we would have beat um, who I would think we would have beat that Bucks team. I think we matched up perfectly with that Bucks team. Like I think that Ben would have took Giannis. Nobody could stop Joel. Um, Thibel can pick up Drew Holiday. And then it would have been like, well, what are y'all going to do with Seth Curry? What are y'all going to do with Toby? And then Ben is going to, I mean, I've been Joel's going to average 30 and 15. So what are we going to do about that? So it, it would have been, I think that we would have, even the, even the Raptors team that won, I think we would have went to the championship that year. I can't say that if Golden State would have got hurt like that, I think we would have easily won. But like, I don't like to see anybody get hurt. So that kind of championship doesn't really move me. But yeah, the process to me was all about having a championship contending team. And over the last five years, we have been top three team in the East predominantly. So I don't think you can say it's over or dead. And for me, I said this over and over and over and over again. I'll say it again. Why do we give a fuck when, when athletes are pouting? They have no leverage. Ben Simmons is signed for four more years. He did not negotiate a no trade clause, so he can't predict where he's going to go. We send him wherever we want if we send him anywhere. If he doesn't go to training camp, then we find him hundreds of thousands of dollars until it reaches millions of dollars, which he, I doubt somebody like Vincent is giving away millions of dollars. And just because he's upset because he has been underdeveloping does not mean that we should acquiesce for him. If we end up trading Ben Simmons for CJ McCollum, I'm out on the season. I might not even Pride watch him. Lehigh. Shout out to Prada Lee, huh? I fucks with CJ, but like if we end up Which saying, has he ever been called that? Because I, I texted that to you I and I was like, damn, that rhymes. I feel like that should be said more. I mean, I'm the proud pride of Lehigh. I'm from Lehigh Avenue in Philadelphia. So that's where we are. But yeah, I digress. You got enough like, nicknames. Guess you can go for that that school that has colors of shit stains um as their jerseys. But yeah, whatever you want to whatever you're into, do your thing. But like yeah, Ben Simmons like that. Ben Simmons good. is a top. When, he, when he's playing well, Ben Simmons is a top 20 player that presses top 15. When he's not playing well, he's still a top 30 to 40 player. Oh, I, I said if he could shoot 40% within 18 feet of the basket, I think he's a top eight player. Yeah. If he, if he even – like, and if, he, if, if he was he even played, a threat to shoot. He, honestly, even – Not even a threat. If, he, if you even had to slightly respect his shooting. I agree with you. However, even if literally you know this guy couldn't even hit the rim from out 15 feet, if he played aggressive 80% of the time, he's unstoppable. Like 80% of the time. down, yeah. He plays 45 to 50% of the time aggressive, and then the other 50%, 50 to 55%, he, he's a He's loop. the Ben Simmons that scored one point in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you can't get – I can't look at somebody. When Iverson dragged the Sixers to the 0-1 finals. With aggression. Huh? With aggression. With aggression, right? And then you look around that team, and you telling me Ben Simmons, who averaged 11 points in a postseason, would have probably been uh, scoring behind Eric Snow in the finals? That's insane to me. I can't, like, I can't let that go. I can't look at this guy who's 6'10", built like an Adonis, easily top 10 most athletic person at his height in the NBA, if not ever, who can get to the rim whenever he wants, can guard one through five, pick up people 94 feet, and you're averaging 11 points. 
that means that 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 means that you're not in the game. You're just not in the game. You can't. I grew up loving Scottie Pippen. Scottie Pippen was my favorite player for a time when I was a child. Scottie Pippen couldn't really shoot that well, but he shot well enough to keep you honest. Scottie Pippen shot well enough from the free throw line that he wasn't afraid to go there. And you can't tell me Scottie Pippen is more gifted than Ben Simmons. Like you just can't. Like Scottie. Pippen yeah, I mean, I, I think I think rock bottom for Ben Simmons was when he. I, you would know better than I. It didn't feel like it really happened until this year, to where he he would he couldn't be on the floor in the last three minutes of a crucial like crunch time game, and mm-hmm. I was like, you lose all credibility in the argument of being a great player. Yeah. He, he's a great talent, but he was not a great player. For you know, like I don't think you could have classed him in the great player group because you have to be able to be on the floor. Shaq could be on the floor at the end of yeah. games because he was still impacting the game. You know, even if he couldn't shoot from the line, he was still finding ways to make up for that. Ben, what didn't have that? Yeah, it was a combination of that. And a few years ago, when they gave Jimmy Butler the basketball and he pouted about it, even though we were winning. When when a guy is upset because he can't have his way, even though it's being successful as a team, that says a lot about who that person really is. Like we were winning, like legit winning a lot, and he was mad that that Jimmy Butler was our fourth quarter point guard, and it's just like. If in hindsight, better. are we how surprised are we looking back with especially with the aggression thing? Like I was just thinking, I was like, if you're a superstar and mm-hmm. the caliber of being a number one overall pick in the NBA, you have to make the tournament to me. Mm. Almost have to make the tournament. You have to at least contend. And, and like have- I feel like no ever how many team, games did that LSU team win? Eight, I think they won eight games, but like you like have to crazy, like, like you have eight, to carry your team a little eight bit to more. 11, something like that. But like, if you, if you see, I disagree slightly. I agree that you have to make the tournament. If you play more than one year, if you play one year where you didn't even go to class and you literally only went there to play back, like you, he literally left after like three months and we can't name one player on that team. besides Ben Simmons says a lot. And he only went cause his uncle, I think coached there or something like that. So like he doesn't going to go like ball out. Sometimes uh, that works out, I'd like to say. So sometimes going and playing for your uncle, you know, instead of going to a different program, we appreciate those type of people. So. <laughs> Shout out to the GOAT links in Galloway. But, yeah, but that being said, you have a coach like Phil Martelli who went to the tournament probably, what, 70 to 80% of his time when he was at St. Joseph's University, has multiple A-10 talents, since the team uh, led a team to an undefeated regular season before you ever got – like, there's a history there. LSU basketball has – some of the greatest players be, ever, but never any great teams. When Shaq like, was like the big baby teams may have been the best teams. Huh? Like the big baby era might be the, the some of the Pistol better baby. Pistol baby. We out here. Oh, okay. But <laughs> I mean, you know, since the color television. Hey, boy, why are you bringing in colors? But no, but, but isn't that crazy, though, that LSU has had some of the greatest names in basketball history. But, like, you can't name their teams. You can't name their coaches, really. You can't name somebody else besides a star on those teams. This one, But, yeah, like, even even that big baby team mm-hmm. had three dudes who played in the league, mm-hmm. and they went 17 and 15 and 5 mm-hmm. and 11 in the SEC. I don't get it. It's the SEC. And, like, it wasn't even, like, Chris Johnson is a fringe guy in the yes. NBA. yes. Glenn Davis was not like 
I think he was better than fringe. It didn't sustain, oh, Glenn, but he definitely he's better a, than fringe. He was a solid professional basketball player, especially when he wasn't too overweight. And if I'm not mistaken, Garrett Temple's still in the league. Garrett Temple is still in the league, yep. He that was the third. Traded. I think he's on the Nets now or something. He keeps getting traded, but he's still there. So. Yeah, he's like he's like another Jeff Green. Nah, Jeff Green actually is like a starter on half the NBA teams probably. No, I know. I, I'm just saying like it, it is funny. <laughs> like I, I've been thinking about this more and more as the years progress. Is like, and, and deservingly so, LeBron and like Chris Paul get their flowers as like unbelievable sustained greatness in the league. Mm-hmm. I was like, there's a lot of guys that are like a year behind them that we act like haven't been in the league that long. A lot like, of these, like, I, like I don't think anyone real like thinks about how long Kevin Durant's been in the NBA. Oh, seven, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. he came in the same year as Big Baby, Garrett Temple, that whole crew. Mm-hmm. I was like, he was the only came in two, three years behind Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. I was like, he came in after you know Brandon Roy. Uh, who else was in Darren Williams was in that kind of crew. I mean, Dwight, but like people realize that Dwight's been in the league forever. Cause he's also kind of faded. It's like Kevin Durant's still one of the best players too. And like, people don't act like he's been in the league for 15 years. Well, I think that's also because people, I think we notice the people who are fading sooner are the ones, the, the players we chair for the most. Like, I don't think a lot of people cheer for Kevin Durant because of his personality. They love him as a basketball player. They don't like him as a personality. I think people genuinely... investor in soccer teams, though, I will say. I think um, people genuinely enjoy Dwight Howard, so they notice that he's faded. People genuinely enjoy Chris Paul, so they notice that he faded to a certain extent. People Everyone want to root for Derrick Rose. And everybody loved Brandon Roy. So, like, it was like, damn, that's crazy that that happened. But there's a lot of players in the NBA who I are... I guess still, Westbrook's in that class now, too. I don't think people cheer for Westbrook. No, but I'm saying he's in that Kevin Durant class. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah, because people aren't cheering for him. Right. He's just like one of those. I fucks with Westbrook heavy, but and that's Iverson's favorite player. It's so always you know hold a special place in my heart for him. But it's like one of these things where if you don't cheer for a guy, you don't really care that he's faded out. Like I, we noticed how bad Blake Griffin's like, a guy Iverson. that we're like, man. I think people like Blake Griffin. I think he's in that class, and he came in like three years after. Like I think people do like Blake Griffin and his personality for the most part. Mm-hmm. And have noticed that he faded, and yeah. I think still like him and root for him. Or they're like, oh, you know, maybe, maybe we'll every once in a while we'll get that glimpse of Blake Griffin getting up. We really don't. I don't. You know, it's funny. I don't know if people cheer for Blake Griffin or they cheer for the way he played because he was a highlight waiting to happen. Where like Kevin Durant has very little highlights. Like I'm, I'm, I'm saying that facetiously, of course. Yeah. Like when you watch a Kevin Durant highlight reel, you're just like, this guy is so skilled and so unstoppable, but you're not getting hype watching Kevin Durant's highlight reel. When you watch a Blake Griffin highlight reel, you're like, what the fuck is this? Poor How Kendrick he- Perkins, poor Pau Gasol. You know what I mean? But that's a, like, that's like Tina a lot Faye of different- Like you remember the names. Like athletes, like, like Dominique Wilkins is like that. Where like Dominique Wilkins highlights, it would get you hype as fuck. He didn't win anything except for some dunk contests, but like he would get you hype as fuck. And then you watch like- um, Larry. I was well, no, Larry, Larry will get you. I'm gonna say somebody like a Pages Stoyakovich. Pages Stoyakovich is a person who overall probably has a better career than most of the dunkers. I would say more like Ray Allen. Ray Allen got those buzzer beaters, and they, that that should get you. Got, KD got buzzers. He got buzzers, but not like Ray. KD never hit a buzzer beater that mattered in the playoffs. In the playoffs. Never, not one. I guess, te- no, that's, um, 
Well, he had was it the what the four point play? Like he had some huge shots running down. He had the, that closeout shot that. in game five against the Cavs. The game in the playoffs, he never well, did. But that. I guess the closest one would be that Cavs one. No, the closest one would be the one he just hit with the nuts. Oh, true. That would be the closest one. <laughs> I was watching a video uh, that someone had Blake Griffin. He's like, <laughs> they were just and they go. So have you uh, thought about if Kevin Durant was his foot was a, a, f- a foot farther back? And then he's like, yeah, I've obviously thought about it. Thanks. <laughs> and we got to remember, Ray Allen was a dunker when he first came in the league. He was. He was yamming on everything. So, like, he became a shooter because that's what the Celtics needed. <laughs> like, like when, even when he was with the Supersonics, he was still yamming on people. Like, yeah. he was like, I'll go up. Yeah, because he, he had Richard spotting up. Yeah, he had Richard spotting up. That team, was, that, that team was fun. He even had uh, KD for one year, I think. Nope. He just missed him? Yeah, uh, the Ray Allen trade happened on draft night. We oh, wow. traded our rights to the number five pick, which was Jeff Green. Gotcha. Um, and and that was the deal. But they had Delonte. Shout so. out to the goat, my favorite hawk of all time. Lefty, shout out, shout out Reds. Hope, hope has there been any updates on him? I don't know. I don't have social media, so probably. I would see anything. Him. Hasn't been anything, which negative. I think is a good thing. That means good, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, because that's that's crazy. That feels like longer ago that like that whole thing happened where you know Mark Cuban was getting him picked up. That was a eleven months ago, basically to the day. Mm-hmm. So that, that I mean, I couldn't be happier for him. I'm happy that I'm hopeful that he's happy and found some peace. He, he, I think he deserves that at this point. Right there with you. Right there with you. Yeah, so fuck Ben. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so if he comes back, are you going to keep running with that? Because that's the thing. So he, here's the initial question. So he, what, if, what, if, what, what, I didn't hear the question you asked me. You if Ben comes back, mm-hmm. Because, you know, presumably, like, if they go down the route of he's going to get fined, he's going to play. What's the reception going to be? Even if he plays a little bit well. You know what the reception is going to be. And he earned every minute of it. They might bring back the ice balls and the batteries. They might fuck this guy's life up, which he deserves. Fuck him. Like, you got to – I don't listen, nobody's going to have sympathy for you as a professional athlete making $40 million a year because – your team held you accountable. That's the thing. Here's well, the see, thing. I, I'll really, just say welcome to the club in having an Australian player that you hold some resentment towards. Nah. I'm that's not, not talking Aaron that's, Baines. That's, that's, that has nothing to – the, 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 the it doesn't line up. It's not very similar at all. Because, one, y'all had nobody close to the talent of Ben Simmons, but that's a different conversation. The second thing is everybody gives Philly a hard time. They say we are pieces of shit, we're t- all of that kind of stuff when it comes to being fans. We rooted hard for Markel Fultz. We never, there was never, I had never seen the crowd turn on a guy who literally robbed us of a number one pick. And we still supported him. And we even cheered for him when he got traded to the Magic. We didn't say, fuck him, get out of here. He was like, yo, he needs a fresh start. Shout out to him. The crowd in Philadelphia never changed up on Ben Simmons. When he would hit his occasional three, which was once every three years, it felt like, nothing but cheering, standing ovations, hyping it up. So if we're standing by you, and this is, these are the same people who gave Donovan McNabb their ass to kiss right, who was a borderline Hall of Fame quarterback who borderline made it to Hall of Fame without ever having an offensive Hall of Fame player that wasn't a lineman for more than a season or a season and a half. 
So if these are the same people who did that to Donovan McNabb, but then evolved into these people who are supporting Markel Fultz and his weird shooting yips and Ben Simmons not shooting, you're going to get the full brunt of it when you try to give the city yastic because this is a blue collar city. You can't be out here with white collar problems and think that we're going to bow to you. It's never going to happen. Yeah. And the one thing, and I think this is how I describe Philly fans versus I think some of the other Northeast cities They're I think they're more stubborn, which is good and bad. Like I, I think if, if, if you Philly fucks with you, they're going to be stubborn about it. Mm-hmm. Like there's plenty of people that I think should have given Carson Wentz more shit mm-hmm. as the years went by. And mm-hmm. it was Wentz wagon till the death. Yeah. Wentzylvania. Yeah. Because, you know, when Philly decides we have something to believe in, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how wrong they could be proven. They're going to ride with that. And same thing. Once you, once you screw them, I don't think Jason Worth has ever been forgiven. No, he's never been forgiven. And I fucked with Jason Worth, but he's never been forgiven. Yeah. And, and, and if you think about it, we have rolled with Ben Simmons through the worst of his career. He sat out an entire year, his rookie year. Riding with him still. He's like, no, nah, no, nah, it is what it is. It's going to be back better than ever. Cool. Whatever it is, what it is. He doesn't show this type of effort that you need to show in Philadelphia. Still ride with him. Should is probably the best defender in the entire NBA and somehow still allows people to get 30 and 40 on him from time to time. Still ride with him. Refuses to shoot three. Shoots 30% from the free throw line. Say it again. 30% from the free throw line in NBA games in the playoffs, if not worse, Still ride with the guy. You what give was the worst moment. Was the worst moment. I, I'm saying, what's the moment that sticks out as the worst moment? And maybe it's recency bias. Is it? Is it that dunk? It's the combination of everything. I don't yeah. think it's one thing that did it. Like because it's a combination of him not putting in the effort on the court and not putting in the effort off the court to be better when he comes into every season. Like I didn't want to believe it when they would show all of these next level stats and show how he literally hasn't gotten better statistically. Like, they would be like, look at this. Like, literally, his stat line is exactly the same, if not a little bit worse, every single year he's been in the NBA um, outside of his rookie year. And this is like, hmm, that's a lot to look at and a lot to figure out. But then you can say stuff like, you can always come to his defense, but like, well, he guards one through five. He does this. He does that. All of that can be true, and you can still be hurting your team. Like, I don't – I don't – I think people – I know people hate Philadelphia. So, when they were throwing those dumb trades out there, like, Philadelphia should just trade Malcolm Brogdon. I'm like, yo. Stop. I agree. That's, like, the real, that's the real uh, rookie of the year. Ha. But stop. Like, that's the kind of stuff where it's just like, you just want us to take, like, oh, they should get Andrew Wiggins because of the contract match. He stop. was also number one pick. That feels like a fair trade. You know, it's just funny because. I, mean, you I gotta, do. I would. That would be my ideal spot to put Ben probably right now, though. Golden State? It, I mean, yeah. Like, in terms of, like, what's going to be best for him. But I don't know. He may send him down to Orlando. See, the funny thing is, that wouldn't even be best for him. Because unless they get rid of Draymond, then it's going to be redundant and he's not going to come off the bench. And Draymond and Ben Simmons cannot play next to each other. We think it's going to be better than them because with some, in some mythical world, him and Draymond will coexist or Dray, Draymond will remember how to shoot. It's not going to happen. Draymond needs the ball in his hands as much as Ben Simmons, if not more. So how is that even going to work? And you, and you, think, you think that Ben Simmons can deal with working with Draymond Green when he couldn't even deal with Joel Embiid? Yeah, that, that's a good point. He's, Draymond's going to have him looking like KG with Big Baby. Uh-huh. He called Kevin Durant a bitch. What do you think he would call Ben Simmons? 
absolutely. He, he, he might break him so bad and just not even talk to him and oh, just be I, like, you don't, you're not worthy of my words. I, I texted some of my homies. I didn't text you this because I was waiting for the podcast. I said my homies, I was like, if Michael Jordan would have drafted Ben Simmons, he would have ended up being Darko Militic. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Because we give shit to Kwame Brown and Kwame Brown at least tried hard. They traded Kwame Brown. <laughs> like, that shit's crazy. Bonafide scrub. So it's that's fucked up. But so it's like, no, I'm quoting. Things. I'm quoting. I'm not saying that. that that's cooking. Stephen A. I was cooking. But like, it, but that's the kind of stuff where for me, that's what makes it the most annoying because we ride with you through all of the bullshit. And then the time where obviously you're the problem and everybody's not even everybody. They didn't even they didn't even mention it. This was so funny throughout this whole thing. They didn't even mention his name. Nobody was like Ben Simmons is a problem. They said, can you win a championship with Ben Simmons as your point guard? I don't know. That didn't say without Ben Simmons on the team as your point guard. I don't know. Maybe he has to play power forward. Maybe he has to play small forward. Joel Embiid, when did the point, when did the turn when we're giving up open shots? All of that sounds pretty fucking accurate. Nobody said, you know, that guy Ben Simmons, man, I can't, I don't like his Nike deal. I don't like, I don't like who he's dating. I don't like his exotic cars and pet. Nobody saw about Devin you. Devin Booker's court, still bro. cooking. It's all about what you doing on the court. That's all it was. Like, if you show up on the court, we don't care what you do. Iverson used to spend all night at TGI Fridays. Shout out to City Ave. You did? And then come in and drop 40 on your heads. And then we was like, let them keep going to Fridays. It is in Reeboks. In Reeboks, cuz shout out to Shaq owning part of Reebok now. But see, but this is the kind of stuff, man. Like where like Philly, we are in Joel Embiid's prime. Joel Embiid is an old, I think he's 27. He's an old 27. Yeah, those like knees are not 27. Those knees and feet are not 27. I don't think his knees are actually the issue. I think it's his back and his feet. Yeah. Other oh, back. That's what it was. Yeah. 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 It's his back and his feet. So it's like one of these things where it's just like at some point, Ben. Real, Joel, realistically speaking, I hope I'm wrong. Joel Embiid might have two to three years of prime Joel Embiid left. What are we doing about it? So, so what, what's your expectation for the Sixers as of now? Obviously, we got a long way to go. Well, a couple months till the season, and we have like a month before training camp starts. So, like everybody acting all hype because a lot of stuff can, yeah, get, a lot of stuff can get fixed out. Yeah, and but I, like right now, I you trust. Know, where's your optimism? Because you know, I'm sure we'll we'll discuss a little bit what's going on with my teams, and we can kind of yeah. re- reverse yeah. trend there. So. I fully trust that Maury will not do a bad deal. I don't remember the last time Maury did a bad deal for a player. When it comes to picks, he doesn't do the greatest of deals. But when it comes to acquiring and unloading players, he typically doesn't do a poor job of that. So I don't think that we're going to gut our team. Why him and Sam Presti are such great trade partners. It's like they're the polar opposite of each other. Polar opposite. You know, can I get five picks? Cool. Can I get three all-stars? Cool. Like, it's just like yeah. whatever it's going to be. Yeah. You know, so like I, I it's think It's the that, Dave Dombrowski uh, type of GM shit. That, that's Daryl Morey. It's like, I you can have my entire farm system, but I just want the great players yeah, now. Right? And maybe I'm projecting, and maybe this is just raveled in my hope for it all, but I also believe that the Sixers are going to let him pout. Like, Joel B put out a tweet at, like, five-something today and was like, anybody heard about any Real Madrid trades? And it's just like, trades. Like, what? <laughs> the fact he said trades, it's like, mm. trades, bro? It's not how yeah, you talk. He, he's well-versed. He's well-versed. Yeah, yeah. Then, then he just, like... And it was just like, oh, Joel out here trolling. All right, we back. We back. It is what it is. I think that they know, and even if he doesn't play, if Ben Simmons sits out, the Sixers are still a top five team in the East of me without Ben Simmons, if everybody's healthy. So, okay. If he comes back, we're top three. Okay. And if he he chooses to play, he's going to play mad, which means he's going to play better. And if he doesn't play mad, then he is going to end up. Do you think they're top three in terms of like, because I think top three, yes. But. I think there's this weird thing where it's like once it gets in the playoffs, I think people f- somehow fear them less. Like I think yeah. over seven games, you fear them less than a number three team. 
I think it's because everybody predicts Joel to miss games because uh, he's never he's never going into a postseason healthy. I think that's one of those things too. Like he he never went into a postseason healthy. Even with the year with Jimmy, he was off. He missed stuff where I think he was sick or whatever. Like it's like it's always something like that. They don't fit the floor strengths in the playoffs, so they they know Ben Simmons won't also, shoot. Why so they why does every Philadelphia sports team have the worst strength and conditioning and like trainers? It feels like it feels like everyone's hurt and they never know why. Or it's like they're always giving out these weird misleading uh, reports on like people's health where mm-hmm. like no one actually knows ever what's going on. And it seems like there's like the players don't know. And like it seems like everyone's in the dark somehow. I, I, I would say the worst at that is anywhere Kawhi Leonard is. Just going to put that out there because that, how that's fair, too. That's fair too. But the, but the Sixers so that may be more a Kawhi Leonard issue. Yeah, uh, but the Sixers have been historically terrible at diagnosing injuries and taking care of people. Like that just is what it is. But I'm not sure if that's the Sixers or the fact that we acquire players who have injury or history. Broken. Yeah, because when like think about think about Iverson. Iverson was always hurt, but he was he played he played hurt. So he he rarely missed games because he couldn't because he was hurt. He would miss him because he's injured, right? So like AI is really smart. That would happen. Then when we acquire all of these fucking old all stars. Who are like bodies C-Web. broken down? C Web, Glenn Robinson, um, Dikembe Mutombo for that short period of time. Uh, we would get these guys, and their bodies were already failing them. But like Derek Coleman was never healthy. Yeah, Derek Coleman. Like we would get all of these guys who are like obviously not who they were when they were like lighting it up for those old teams. So like our, and then we draft players who miss entire years. Like Joel Embiid missed his first year. Ben yeah. Simmons missed his first year. Um, Markel Fultz, Fultz played, I think, only yeah. like 11 20 games. 20 games, I was going to say 20, 20 games. Maybe. Okay, yeah, 20 games in, in his rookie season. It's just like, what the fuck is going on out here? So I'm not sure if it's the players we're acquiring or the fact that the medical staff just ain't the Phoenix Suns medical staff. Yeah, no, it's just, it feels like, because I feel like the six, uh, sorry, the Eagles, like, I feel like it's the same thing. He played 14 games his first year. You're right. Okay, I don't think the Eagles really had. I think the Eagles. He played, he played 19 his second year. Okay, yeah, that's insane. So that we basically knocked out both of those. <laughs> his, his entire Sixers career right there. 33 games. Dog, that's crazy. That's so I'm not sure wild. if it's the medical staff or it's just the players that we acquire. And I think I think there's something to be said about these players who come into the NBA. I don't remember the last. Overworked. Prop of players who came in who, like, they were Ironman. Like, I don't remember it. Like, maybe it was literally 03. Like, I don't remember a lot of, like, a lot of these players. Began- yeah, maybe 04. Oh, yeah, okay. You 04. get CP and Dwight. Okay. Iggy. Yeah, Iggy's been a workhorse. So, it's like, maybe 04. Darren I'm- Williams gone. Darren Williams, Steph with the ankles. Uh, it's just a lot going on. Like, Ricky Rubio always was hurt when he was uh, with the Timberwolves with Johnny Flynn. and Blake all. Griffin. Blake Griffin. James Harden, but less for health issues than it's just like <laughs> extracurricular activities, I think, mostly. Yeah, Kyrie Irving. What did Kyrie play? Nine games in college or something crazy? It's like something like that. Who who is it? Nolan Smith started most of most yeah, of that Nolan year. Smith was beasting back then. Yeah. And then it's just like, okay. And then like Kyrie's first, like Kyrie's still missing time. Like it's wild. But I mean, he has to burn incense and sage around different arenas. So that takes time. But yeah, I don't. I don't know what's going to happen with the Sixers, man. But I'm not. Honestly, I'm not even worried. I'm not worried until we do a bad deal. Like if we do a, if we pull the trigger with the Timberwolves or the Raptors, who are if like they're the if they're in like seventh or eighth at Christmas, I'm not worried. I'm really not worried. If we're on seventh or eighth at Christmas, I believe it, it'll we'll, iron out. You think? I believe we'll be any play-in team for seventh and eighth going into the playoffs. I'm just, not worried just about that. Joel, 
Joel will just you just cook him. Toby is will probably end up being an all star or fringe all star like he's been the last two years. Still got Seth Curry. Maxi will develop nicely. I will um, should develop. Hmm? Matisse will develop oh, yeah. Matisse, as he should. My guy will keep developing and we'll just have to build around it. And maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe this is me wishing on the star. If we really believe Ben is not going to be there to start the season, maybe Joel will will continue to take his body seriously. I think over the last year and a half, he has started to do that. Maybe it continues on. He knows he has to bear all of the brunt instead of just most of the brunt. And then maybe he starts playing on a block because he's not going to clog up the lane because Ben needs to go to the lane. So it's a lot of possibilities, man. Like, I think he looked at the, the Jokic MVP last year as disrespect. I think he looked at not getting almost any votes for defensive player of the year as disrespect. I think that he I think that he he felt some kind of way about a lot of stuff that happened last year. And I think that he is the kind of dude who looks at it like I know what he's I can petty. do. Yeah, he's 100 percent petty. But I think he also looks at it like he I don't think he I think he truly doesn't believe these guys are better than them. Like, you know, how some people say that. No, 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 I, no, I, I know. And, and like this, <laughs> you know, here we can we can talk a little fighting here. Yes, but yes. like and that was always my thing. And I've kind of lost it with him. But like, you know, McGregor. Mm-hmm. Like when when McGregor talked shit, or when Chael would sometimes when Chael would talk shit back in the day, it was like you believed him. Whereas like I feel like a lot of people that talk now don't actually believe what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And I'm like it's just corny at that point. Um, yeah. But no, I do genuinely. I I agree. I think, and it's not. I think he knows he's more talented than most of those guys because he's yeah. right most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> so transitioning right. Keeping it with the sport for now, what do you think sporting events will look like in the fall with COVID? And should we continue to give money or attention to things where we already know the outcomes, i.e. the certain fights that happen? We know what's going to happen. Uh, certain games that we know who's going to win. Certain I don't like, give many people my money for those type of things. So, But attention is a Allegedly. form of currency. I didn't say I that. I see the money and attention. Attention is a form of currency. We could put that attention to something else. Um, I'll still usually tune in. I, I, I think I think eventually you just build the habit of watching it. It's part of it, but I Why? definitely feel I don't know. Like I just even if I want, even if the person I want to win is either going to win or even most likely going to lose, I still want to see the moment happen. If it, especially if they win, like if you're supposed to lose. And I, I'm pretty sure you're going to lose. I, I don't want to miss it if you do win. Uh, it's the ups and downs of sports, though. Like, I think I think it's like the masochistic, sadistic, you know, thing about sports is like you want to win at all costs. But there's some – it's not the same unless you've also gone through a couple losses. And so I think you want to see the ups and downs. It's, it's, the, it's why you get emotional about sports. See, Even but, the money, though, like I'm not paying pay-per-views for it. But I, but I, for me, it's just a me thing. I don't think the ups and downs have really been present in a very long time. Consistently, that is. There's like, been a ton of parity. Because, because it's just like when I've been watching, at least in the last two or three years, when I've been watching a majority of sports, not all, but the majority of sports, the parity is extremely low. And even when the parity is low, there isn't even like a threat of the parody being changed and when certain favorites are out there and, and we tell ourselves these stories about like, Oh, this could happen. And yes, technically it all could happen. But then I think about it. And sometimes when I'm dedicating hours to certain sporting events, 
I don't feel any differently than watching it live than I did if I watched the highlights, if I missed it. Especially when, as usually when you when the outcome was expected. And I think that that's really, it almost feels like a lot of these professional sports feel like professional wrestling. Yeah, it's, it's gone more and more that way, unfortunately, I think. I think that's just how it is with life. Like, even the news has become professional wrestling. No, but the new like you don't know you don't know who got robbed last night. You can't really predict that. You don't really know what airstrike went through. You can't really predict. So like the way in which they report the news, I agree with you. But what happened in the news, I don't know if that's the same way of like predicting what the the fact that the fact that we pretend we pretend like all 30 teams in the NBA has a chance to win a championship every year is preposterous. The fact we yeah. pretend like 32 teams and in like the NFL, any given Sunday exists. Oh, yeah. Shout out to the great movie. But yeah, like any given setting is real. It's preposterous. The fact that we think that 32 of 32 teams in the NFL are actively trying to win a championship, preposterous. Like any sport where there's a salary cap and your franchise has historically sucked, that's at some point we got to be like, that's on purpose. Like it's just like like part of this has to be on purpose. Like it just just feels like you're getting the spoils of the of, of the war without actually having to win the war. And when you're a billionaire, you can do that. But like it just feels corny to a certain extent. Like it's it's wild to me that we we still give so much. Like even with the fight last week, come on, man. Like we talk ourselves into believing that something is going to happen that on paper should not happen by a wide margin, and then we pretend to be disappointed when the facts come out that the person who is considered the favorite does what the person who's considered the favorite is supposed to do. Yeah. But is it that different than it's always been? You think? Yeah, I think so. Cause think about it growing up, there was only one team that ever three repeated um, in our conscious lifetime. And that was the Lakers. Like I lived through the bulls, but I was super young. So I wasn't like out here watching bulls games every ABC Sunday. Um, I definitely remember watching them like in the later 90s, but like the Lakers are the only team that like we really consciously lived through that we that seen three peated. How many teams in NBA history three peated? Four or five? That's a feat that's really hard to do. So it was like, like at the same time, like you still had like five dominant teams always. But that's after the three peat though. So, like, if you include that three-peat, and then it was just – it was the Lakers, it was the Spurs, the Mavericks had a little bit of Pistons. run. Pistons. Pistons, Heat, and then you can throw in the Cavs if you want, but I kind of merged them with the Heat. Celtics. Celtics wasn't dominant during that time. They had one championship. I mean, like – You go you go to two out of three, though, like, in comparison to the okay. history of the game. I don't, I don't know that you can I'll give argue you that. that. So, I think the Pistons went to, like, four or five Eastern Conference championships in a row or something crazy when they had, the, when they had that. But, like – yeah, you're right. But like when the Lakers are three peating, that first championship was a lot of parody in those playoffs. You're like, oh shit, who's gonna happen here? What's gonna happen here? Second season, not that much. They bust all through everybody until they met the Sixers, and we only got the only one off of them. And then the third one was was more parody with the with the Blazers, with these other teams and things like that. And then the end, they still won. But it was one of these things where it was like, oh, we just watch history. Mm-hmm. As opposed to that time in the aughts where it was just like, oh, we know the Golden State Warriors and the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to be in the, in, the, in the finals. LeBron went to what? Eight straight finals? Shit is rough out yeah. there, bro. You know what I mean? Like Floyd Mayweather got hit hard five times in his career. 
like in his career, he has 50 wins and not counting, not counting any of the ex- exhibitions. He got hit cleanly and hurt maybe five times in his career. And every time we tune in, oh, this might be the one. It was never going to be the one. Yeah, well, <laughs> he, he was an anomaly with that, though. More so than the rest. I don't think he was more. He, he's 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 a different human being. I give you. But that I'm saying like he was way more favored uh, than all the rest. No, I would say probably right because a lot of the other guys didn't get a chance to pick who they fought. But that's why boxing is boxing. MMA is the same thing though. Yeah, that'd be like Sean O'Malley kind of has that now. Yeah. I think McGregor obviously has that. Well, he was just fighting people that were way smaller than him. He was fighting, like, probably where he should have fought most in, until the last mm-hmm. few years. He was fighting, like, probably who he should have fought. Um, but he probably shouldn't probably have been until the Nate him. Until Nate filled in. And he probably shouldn't have been fighting them, but he got the chance to do it because he was becoming Conor McGregor. He did nothing to earn a shot at Jose Aldo. Like, nothing. And he was like, give it to him. He did nothing yeah, to I mean, in retrospect, the resume looks stronger than it was at the time. <laughs> yeah, but, like, but that's the game. Well, it'd though. be Mendez who was big at that time. Shout out to Gil, but like that, but that to me, I'm not even mad at it, but that's the name of the game. But like when we tune in, it doesn't, it makes sense more times than not. We know who's March Madness to me is the perfect way to look at it. We get hype as fuck for March Madness and we know what's going to happen. Like statistically speaking. See, I was going to say that one is even more parody than like the college football playoff. Like I think there's probably been like seven teams that have been in a playoff that's been going on for eight years with I agree but there's only four teams that get into that so that makes more sense than 68 64 teams and we know Ivan we know we got the stats set this 10 is going to be to seven just a matter of like two two twelves are going to (laughs) win it's literally down to the number it is just like, oh, yeah, yeah we, there's going to be a 12 that makes a run. And it's like, because they probably shouldn't have been a fucking 12 seed. And it's we, always Stephen F. Austin. And we just get hyped as if Stephen F. Austin's ever going to win an NCAA team. Do you think there's ever been a team in NCAA history outside when they started letting black people play, right? Let's do that. When they started letting black people play, do you think there's ever been an NCAA championship basketball team that was a surprise who won? Like somebody you was like, I can't believe this happened. Um... Who, who, who won an 85? Eight, was that Houston that was like an eight seed or some team more is like an eight seed? Jim Valvano's team? Yeah. I mean, like the closest is the ones that make the deep run. Like Butler. Butler was like, mm-hmm. what, a half an inch away from winning. Yukon <laughs> was a seven seed in 14. Okay. They shouldn't have made it out of the first round, but that's a story for another day. Not wrong. Still can't believe uh, Holyoke fouled out, but I, I don't hold it. I don't hold it in, you know. <laughs> we gave him by far the toughest game their entire run. That's actually factual. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's factual. not even close to. That's not even close. Yeah, that was that was <laughs> that was a dog fight. Yeah, OT. Yeah, yeah, that was a great team that we had. I, that was a, that was. I, I'm glad. You know, on a side note, my my four years were were fun. Two really bad years, but two really fun years. That's how my four years were. But like you said, UConn. UConn is a historic program. Yeah. With multiple Hall of Famers. That ain't no surprise team. And Shabazz wasn't like that people knew Shabazz. He had won a title already. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 
That team, used yeah, and to it's like it's Ray every, Allen anytime it's like a seven team, seed. Uh, yeah, Kevin. Uh, anytime there's a seven seed that makes it, it's like yeah, but it's Tom Izzo in Michigan State. Yeah, or, or Syracuse. Oh, it's Coach Cal. Yeah, it's like oh my god, I can't believe the seven seed made it. Who is it? Oh, Kentucky. Kentucky. A year. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right, man. <laughs> oh, they had some injuries, so they fell down a little bit. Yeah, Villanova has some injuries at the end, so you know they they faltered. It's like come on, they're dog. they're five. Yeah. Like it's just it's ridiculous, man. But we well, well, we was like, well who else was on that James Young team? Like, I'm sure they had plenty of people that should have made them not an eight seed. James Young, a name I haven't heard in a very long time. Um, let's see. Not buy into it too. I'm guilty of it, but I think I'm to the point now where I'm just like, I don't know if I'm giving time to things that I am pretty sure is going to happen. Like if I'm if I'm if I'm eighty percent. I'll go to sleep. I don't even like to sleep, though. So that's my problem. That's a me thing. I don't even like to sleep. If I'm 70% sure that something's going to happen in sports, I probably won't watch it unless I actually have a genuine rooting interest. Like one of my teams or one of my guys are, are in it, and I'm in it. Let's see. It's a 2013-14 Kentucky roster. Is that that? No, Alec Burks wasn't on that team. Like They were an eight seed, I think. No, this year's wrong. Who was it that? Oh no, I'm just being confused. They were a two seed, but okay. they they lost to that UConn team. That's what it was. That makes more sense. Because who else? Who else was on that roster? The 2013 Kentucky team. Wasn't yeah. it Anthony Davis? That was the Harrison's. Harrison, Tari Johnson, Julius Randall, James Young. Mm-hmm. And look who came off the bench. Uh, who's that? Eulis? Maybe no. That was next year. I used to love Tyler Eulis too. I ain't gonna lie, that was my little guy. Him and Yogi Ferrell were my two little point guards in the NCAA for a while. That I rooted for heavy. Statistics is my one. Who Willie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Alex Poitras. I remember yeah. him. Alex Poitras, yeah, former Sixer. I remember John Hood. Mm-hmm. That team had like names. Yeah. they had names on the bench. You're like, oh yeah, <laughs> they, they had great. They had names that are going to be great trivia questions in 20 years. Shout out to Trill. Yeah, I believed in Trill. I was a big Willie Cauley Stein guy. I thought he was going to be special. He's fun to watch. He's still in the league. I know, just, but just more than a lot of people can say that came out of college at that time. To me, he became Javale McGee light when I thought he was going to be somebody who was going to be special. And Benjamin McGee's a great way to live your life. Don't get me wrong, but I he thought also he also had what should have been. I don't know if there's any fault on either side. Probably not. I think I also had a lot more hope for him because of where he got drafted. Mm-hmm. Although you put a little weight on that, you learn from Boogie. Mm-hmm. You can be cooking. Mm-hmm. They could have been the new Twin Towers. And it's real scary in this league. Yeah. Yeah, which is crazy because he has the most. He has all the athleticism in the world. I think he's always been healthy. Like they've been the perfect something. parent, even. Yeah, but that's what happens when you go to losing franchises that we that we pretend to have a chance to win a championship every year. Yeah, we. I think we all started thinking Tyreek Evans may have been special for a minute too when he won Rookie oh of the Year gosh. was cooking. Shout out to Chester. We out here. Yeah, <laughs> dog. That's what's so crazy. Like we give, we pretend like we like. I'm biased. I know I am because there's always beef with this person and Joel, but I never thought Carl Anthony Towns were that great. I was like, what? I was like, yeah, I can Got see. Jersey. 
because he he to me was the kind of dude who could put up a lot of empty stats and he did it way. yeah and it was like okay cool but like you're not winning anything and not only you're not winning anything you can't keep a teammate at some point you got to look at you think about the talent that that jimmy butler thing was pretty damning for anyone in that starting rotation even before that though think about the talent that was in in the timberwolves wiggins zach off that right there yeah it's like dog you get Jimmy well, up there. Tibbs also runs his roster to like they, right. they played 80, 82 games in the first 43. You're you're right. However, when he did that before he got to Timberwolves, they always were winning teams. At so least he made the playoffs. Yeah, even though he did that, they were winning. They weren't even winning in Minnesota. That's an issue, man. That team has some real talent that went through there. That's a tough one. There's a lot of players. That'd, that'd be an interesting discussion. I don't know how we would do it. Um, there's a lot of players that I thought were going to be like all time great and did nothing. Like who? I don't know. I don't, like, that's, what I, that's what I'd have to give it some deeper thought. But there's definitely people where I was like, oh, this, this guy has what it takes. And then it just never happened. I mean, it's a lot of times due to injury, but. I do feel bad for the people that are victim of circumstance. I don't know. I can't. I don't want to just throw a name out there for namesake, but I feel like there's a, f- a few. If I gave it an hour or two of thought, that might pop up. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't count. I mean, I do count the injury thing, but I try not to think about the injury thing. But there are definitely people out there who had all of the talent in the world, and for whatever reason, it didn't click. And for me, it's harder to accept that in sports like basketball. Like, I can accept that in football because most of the time in football, your success hinges on where you get drafted, no matter how good or bad you are. Most of the time, it's on where you get drafted. Baseball, it's too much of a game that's relying on every player on the field. Basketball, though, like basketball, hockey, soccer, if you got the talent, all the talent in the world, you should be fucking successful. Like, that's just, like, how I feel about it. So, I don't know, man. But a lot of these places, like, again, don't really care about trying to win. Like, there's no development of talent. We don't really care if a person succeeds or not. It's really about pretending like we're going to do something. Like, you can't look me in my face and tell me that the Portland Trailblazers, keeping Damian Lillard on the Portland Trailblazers is going to be good for that team. It's not. They're not going to win anything. They're, They're worse today than they were last year. And we're pretending like they're going to contend because Dame is more focused. Bullshit. What was he last year? What was he the year before? What was he the year before that? Like, we just be starting these narratives like, oh, he's coming back with a vengeance. Oh, this is their chance. They're not doing anything. Literally doing nothing. And instead of trading Damian Lillard, and yeah, I'm biased now because we talk about Ben Simmons, but instead of trading trading Damian Lillard, getting back a bunch of assets and trying to rebuild like OKC is doing, they're trying to get all of the juice out of the orange until they trade him one day too late instead of one day too early and don't get what they could have got for him. And, and then also he end up not he ends up not winning because he won't be the player that he is today that he's going that he's inevitably not going to be tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, we're going to look back in 10 years and be like, imagine if he was on a good team. He for was. Sure. He's been on multiple good teams, just not good enough. Yeah. Like, think about this. 
I'm biased again. North Philadelphia's finest, UNC alum, my dog, Rasheed Wallace. He was the problem, quote unquote, in Portland. The problem. And then you know what he did? Ended up being the missing piece to an almost dynasty in Detroit. See how different it is when you change. And then was a great vet even in Boston when he wasn't, you know, having to produce a lot. People love him having him around. I love Sheet. I think teammates love Sheet. It's the referees and the officials who hate Sheet. But like he was looked at as part of the problem. And then he got traded to a culture that was trying to actively win a championship instead of pretending to try to win the championship. Won a championship, and then went to another finals. I have to flip, flip flip Saunders. I, I don't think gets enough credit. RIP. Like I feel like he managed some crazy egos. Yeah, and made them stars. Yeah, and like channeled everything into him. Like it, there's no way 18 year old Kevin Garnett was an easy person to work with. Mulberry at 18 out of high school. That too. Both of them. I mean, out of Georgia Tech, not high school. Out of Georgia Tech at yeah. point. No, a proud engineer. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? But not only not only made them stars on a court, but they were cultural icons. He managed cultural and never icons. really. I can't remember that much of either of them like getting into like real trouble. No, they never got in trouble really. They just didn't. They just were like emotional players. That's that's the whole thing. Like a lot of these players get back. Like Stephon Marbury never got in trouble. He just went a little loco on live stream one day, and it was like, oh, something's off Marbury. Hey, we all done that. Oh, he ain't out here killing nobody, no raping, none of that. He just he lost his little he lost a little bit of his mind. Get him some counseling, let him take some time off, and make and help him help himself. But instead, he gets labeled as a problem. Like it's like, come on, man, it's insane. Like these guys, like the fact that people hate on people like Russell Westbrook, who do nothing but good in the community, never gets in trouble off the court, but on the court, he he's like a terror, which he should be because he plays hard. People act like they don't like him. I'm like, you don't even know this guy. Like Trey Young got spit on. In Madison Square Garden. But why? Because he's celebrating, because he's hitting threes, but then stop him. You know the, we, we both agree with this. If you yeah. want to, if you want to stop me from if you don't want me to score no more, stop. Yeah. If you don't want me to bat flip it, don't let me hit it out the yard. You dig? There's no mercy rule in professional sports. I don't even believe in mercy rule in kid sports. I'm that person. I'm like, are you down by 80 goals? Still Break got three minutes left. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the Julian Edelman clip of him talking about when he was like six years old and his dad was like, if you got him down, you break their neck. Yes. So, yeah, it's an interesting way to raise a child, but it works. Now, listen, it's going to be what it's going to be. And that's going to lead me to my last point um, that I have to make for this pod, unless you have something else you want to talk about. In America, and this could be sports, this could be life. This is especially true in life. This could be social media. This could be politics, whatever you want to slice it in. Is there ever an innocent until proven guilty, realistically? No. The The truest court is, at this point, the court of public opinion, because there's so much available information, I think. But is that the court now, or is that always what it's been? We burned people at the stake because we thought they were witches. There was no proof. It was like, nah, we think they witches. <laughs> it was like, has it always been that way, or, or has it, or, or has there been a drastic shift with social media and things like that? Like, I'm not sure there's ever. I, been- I think there has because there's a there's so much more that like this is going on, and they're deciding innocent or guilty. Mm-hmm. And that part is made available. Whereas, wait, 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 caveat. It's never yeah. innocent. It's guilty or not guilty. We never prove people's innocence. I think that's something Fair. we forget. That yeah, is true. Always. We that just can't true. prove that you did it. <laughs> that is true. Um, but I think there's 
because there's a lot of people that are proven not guilty, mm-hmm. yet they're still treated as guilty because mm-hmm. people have built the perception because they clicked on an article and read a couple articles that mm-hmm. were probably swaying one way or the other. Um, whereas I feel like for, and that's for better or for worse. Like there's some people that are deemed not guilty by the court that mm-hmm. probably are guilty. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won't name names. Um, there may be one whose number we talk about next week, but mm. um, I, I didn't say anything. It's not I'm about magic Johnson. We got nothing but nothing but love for one magic Johnson. Um, Irving, which ooh. is a name you don't even hear anymore. I feel like nobody named Irvin anymore. Yeah. Irvin Santana might be the last one I can think of. Julius Irving, um, Magic Johnson, Irvin Johnson, Ju- Irving Santana. That's it. That's the, and that's all of them are spelled differently. Yes. <laughs> Irving Fryer, Kyrie Irving. Irving Fryer. There you go. <laughs> but that's way back. That's I think that's before Magic. Anyway. Yeah, that's a good pull. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, no, but whereas, like, I mean, I don't know. We, we weren't living 60 years ago, but, like, it felt like maybe in some cases there was more of, like, oh, this person was uh, – proven not guilty and i was like okay i'm gonna go about my life now but there's so much there's so much consumption of information before there's a verdict that everyone's guilty because you can read just the things that make them guilty Mm. potentially and then that's the only thing you remember because that's usually the negative side of it and if it bleeds it leads see i got i i i I think i'm i think i agree with you when it comes to news like like real life news but if you take the sports out of it 60 years ago they said black people couldn't play quarterback, no matter what the stats show, none of that kind of stuff. And you were guilty. Apparently they can in New England. <laughs> you were you were guilty until proven innocent. Even if you proved innocent, it's like, no, nah, you can't do that. So be a wide receiver or cornerback or get the fuck out of my team. So like that's the kind of stuff where like, even if it's not like actual law, it do we did we ever really have a society in America where like you really were innocent until proven guilty? Like instead of us having the assumption that you did something or couldn't do something and hold that against you until you did something to either negate it or we couldn't deny you anymore. It's, it's an interesting one. I don't know. Because I, I, I can definitely put it in the perspective of people are guilty now, like as soon as something happens. Oh, for sure. Like before any context comes out. Yeah. Like, and, and you know, I, I don't want to sound demeaning to these types of issues, but it's one that comes to mind. Like when there's a sexual assault claim, something like that we correctly side immediately with the potential victim, mm-hmm. um, you know, cause we want to provide that empathy, which is a good instinct to have, I think. Um, but I also think people immediately jump down the throat of the accused without actually waiting for any type of context mm-hmm. or verdict to the situation, which I think is completely contradictory because to a degree, you know, there should be some empathy shown to both parties. One that, feels like they've been assaulted another one that's now going to be the one being assaulted by the claims potentially um and until we know what's up you don't know what's up so it's an interesting one and the flip side of that the person accused almost never get their name back right and the person who accused them we almost never remember their name correct so no matter what happens even if you're found not guilty you're still guilty you lost even if you win a lot of those times. And yeah, you might not have to go to prison. You might not have to pay any any restitution, but did you really win? You know, like, is it just a condition of winning? Like, and, and, and that's why for me, I don't know if we've ever had a society where you're really innocent until proven guilty. I mean, of course, 
the most privileged people in, in our country have always lived their life like that or probably have always lived their life like that. So not them, but the average Joe Schmo, you know, the average person or the ones that aren't average, but are like super athletes and then things get put on their jacket and then they never can shake it. You know, like it's I don't I don't know if we've ever had that 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 ability as a country to really see issues for what they are instead of seeing the people who the issues are coming up for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because usually there's a power dynamic and part of that is a power dynamic of why some of these issues are true and happen. But Mm -hmm. it, it works both ways. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I forgot why I put that on my agenda, but I had to throw that out there. Yeah. Food for thought. But uh, it's another episode in the books. We're quite right. Uh, Mac Jones season has begun. Uh, and we're going to ride it out. If your quarterback walks like Mac Jones, get a new team. Have Tom Brady game. probably walked like Mac Jones at that point of his, his career when he was that young. No. I'm I don't not. know. He already had this way. He actually. I'm about to say, come on now. Because I've, I've heard stories where someone, people were like, whatever you do, they went to Michigan. They were like, whatever you do, don't introduce your girl to Tom Brady. And that's when he looked like Michigan Tom Brady. Yeah. I don't think Tom Brady has ever changed who he was, but everything around him leveled up. So it made him level up. Like, I think yeah. that Tom Brady would have never bleached his teeth if he didn't marry Giselle. <laughs> he, was <laughs> he, was still, just... he was still that cool, that petty, everything. But nobody noticed because he was a six rounder. It was like, oh, yeah, that guy. He's like, oh, so he, has a, he just has a chip on his shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, <laughs> he, he came here to kill. All right, we out. Peace.